Yeah. Oh, I like your jumper. It's very okay. wolvesy. I don't anymore. Yeah. Looks like a. I tell you what, it looks like. It looks like a rugby union shirt from the uh, like the no a rugby league shirt from the nineties. Well, if you look at rugby we, league shirts from the nineties, then you look like a rugby league player. We know how much I love rugby, so. I think you, I mean you actually look a lot like a rugby league player right now. All you need to do is have a thick northern accent. And there's you like a fit in cauliflower ears. Yeah, that's what I need. Well, this is brilliant, Kat, to start our podcast, isn't it? We're, we're a football shirt podcast, and I'm just complimenting Mark by how beautiful he looks, but also how much like a rugby league player he looks right now. I mean, there could be worse things to look like, mate. You could look like... Um, Ed Sheeran's older brother, less successful brother, I don't know. Anyway, welcome to the wonderful world of football shirts, your weekly podcast about football shirts. Uh, still free, which we're still very happy about. Wink. <laughs> wink, wink. Anybody out there? Um, Papa needs a brand new pair of shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and say hello, Mark. Hello. Yeah, I, um, I, I'm not really sure what position i would play if i was a rugby league probably like do they have any small people i don't know (laughs) i think the hook is one of the big ones Um, probably not then also i don't know what rugby league positions are i know rugby union because you love rugby obviously because i love rugby you would definitely be a kind of scrum half in rugby union i think that's the kind of leaner little man getting about doing the tackles Nippy, that's what I'd describe you as. Ducking and diving. Ducking and diving, yeah, exactly that. Okay, well. How are you? How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm looking forward to today. Yeah. We've got something good, haven't we? We've got some good stuff. Uh, Well, we've got a really good interview coming up. And do you know what? I had so much fun. I overshot the recording by a good 25 minutes. So what we're going to do today, ladies and gentlemen, is I'm going to sh- we're going to share with you part one. He says in inverted brackets. I literally just picked the halfway point. I'm going to stop it. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a little chat, and then next week, in the next episode, shall we say, you'll have uh, the second part of it, and it's worth it because it is brilliant. Yeah, agreed. It's uh, I-, I unfortunately wasn't there to 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 do it live, so left you to your own devices, but um really enjoyed listening to it really enjoyed i think people are going to really enjoy it right shall we start with some football stuff first yeah. i've got some football stuff to talk about first all of right. all i have a spotted football shirt okay. which um i didn't spot it personally my friend luke who is a friend of the show uh he spotted a football shirt while out on holiday in cyprus i believe i'm sorry if i'm wrong luke uh, he spotted a wolf shirt Hey. Hey. Oh, do you know what? I still get a little bit of a ooh when people say, Oh, there's a wolf shirt over there. Like yeah. not necessarily over there, even though now I'm surrounded by wolf shirts. I still get a little bit ooh if you see a wolf shirt. Yeah, I remember when when I saw one here and you oh, got that sense a, of pride, even was that though episode one, I think. It was really in the early days, yeah. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, I mean, um have you spotted any shirts recently or now? 
Uh, well, I'll put you on the spot here. You did a bit, but I did. Um, I mean, you know, less since since you've asked me the question, it would be you know remiss of me not to talk about last Sunday's uh, activity, which was uh, me going to the pub, where actually I um, saw people from the Arsenal Germany Supporters Club, which was quite nice. Oh wow! Um, and we obviously watched the game, which was absolutely incredible. And there were some nice shirts on display um, at the pub, obviously some nice Arsenal shirts. There was actually one Tottenham fan, bless him, um, but he was actually probably in the, I think probably the oldest shirt he was in. I think it must have been like a 94 or 95. Um, I think it was Pony away yeah. shirt, the purple. I think purple, purple. yeah kind of Klingsman days. Um, so he was wearing that. Uh, that and he, was um, just, that was the shirt that Jamie Morris really liked. And we talked about very early on in the show. Spot on. On. Yeah. Sorry. Spot on. And he was, um, yeah, obviously it didn't go so well for him, the game, um, much to everyone else in the pub's delight. Um, but yeah, he was, he was rocking a good shirt in fairness. There were some good Arsenal shirts. I wore my um, 2005 home shirt and was getting some compliments of my choice to have Reyes on the back. Um, yeah. So people enjoyed that. Um, I love how that comes full circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were, uh, what, well, there was a bruised banana. I'm guessing it was the remake. Um, uh, yeah, there was a few good Arsenal ones there. Happy days. And good what a day stuff. it was. What a day it was. Well, let's just, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't really care, but there's only two... <laughs> Thing. There's two things, two main talking points that I want to talk about in that game. First of all is um, everyone noticed it, Thierry Henry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prerequisite this and say I don't care that he wasn't wearing an official Adidas one. You've already, and I'm sure you will tell us all why, but how cool did he look? He looked great. Yeah, he looked great. Um, and I saw a load of people that were like, um on twitter um saying oh you know he's not wearing an original blah 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 and then some of the people who obviously like i don't know if they're like part-time detectives or something were like oh he's obviously just bought that from the shop because of the like crease on the shoulder it's obviously like just be bought and i was like oh, whatever um but one of the theories that i had heard um which i said to you was that um i think he as a he's sponsored by puma which is why he perhaps isn't actually contractually allowed to wear an adidas shirt i mean look i think this guy's probably got enough money that if he wanted to get an original he could probably get an original yeah so I, you're kind of right there because i guess it's in contracts you can wear football shirts because obviously loads of players have sponsors with manufacturers but then have to wear the club shirt but he's not a footballer anymore so mm. i guess that bit's out of the window yeah um i mean it, it's it, it it raises like an interesting kind of uh i guess it's almost like a kind of classist like elitist point like if if omri is happy to walk around in a you know in a kind of club remake then why 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 do people like you know, sort of take take the piss out of that or have a go at that. At the end of the day, I mean, you know, we're talking about Arsenal here in this specific example, but we're talking about football in general. Like, everyone's a fan of 
the club that they're a fan of. So why, you know, you support the team by wearing, you know, the colours and whatever you can afford to wear or whatever. So I am fully supportive of that statement. And it, 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 you're right about the elitist thing, but it does say that even though, again, you've said he can afford to wear whatever he wants, he is kind of opening the door for people to say, hey, look, come and support Arsenal no matter what you're wearing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, right. so, so from hero in Thierry Henry to zero. Hmm. And I sent you this picture coming out of the game. Everyone's really happy, but there's one fool wearing an Arsenal shirt. And Mark, tell me what is on the back of his Arsenal shirt? Well, uh, the, the, the top, the, the name kind of, I mean, maybe that's his name. I don't know. I've never heard of anyone with this name before, but the name across the back is white sugar. I mean, whatever the number, number 69. I mean, I'm still, I mean, I'd just love to know again, I know we had this conversation last week and probably even the week before, like under what circumstances do these people get these shirts and like, why is it a dare? It must be a dare surely. You're paying. Yeah. I mean, you'd like to think so, but also it's an expensive day. You've already said it. What? 60, 70 quid for a shirt Mm. Add an extra 15 quid on for a name set. Yeah. Yeah. It's too much. So, yeah, we've got White Sugar 69. I mean, as long as he's happy, then... I'm, do you know what? Funnily enough, as much as I despise this whole Arsenal chat, it's very Arsenal-heavy, this uh, opening gambit. Um, did you see the other picture I sent you, which really fascinated me, which was the old Arsenal shirt with the old kind of Ensley League Division 1 patches and number six? Yes, I did. Yeah. The reason why, obviously, I'll send this, I'll show this everybody, and this will lead on nicely to my next kind of thing is that's a funny looking number, isn't it? Yeah, it is quite. So this would have been 91. So the year before Sky and then like the the Premiership or, you know, what is now the Premier League. It does look a bit funny, doesn't it? It sort of almost looks like it's could almost just be like an upside down nine. It's it's not, but it it's something not right about it, is it? It's like the 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 long bit on the left of the six is too long. Yeah, would that have been Tony Adams? Or uh, Steve Bold? Well, I don't think. I mean, I'm probably going to put myself. Um, I'm probably going to make myself sound stupid here, but I don't think in those days they actually had set squad numbers. No, they wouldn't have, but Tony Adams would always Tony Adams been. would have worn number six, yeah. Um right. that's a good that's a good question. I'm gonna have a quick look at that. So yeah, I mean just and I think this uh whilst you do that, I'm gonna say it now it's 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 a bit of an odd one and it's just a number. It's quite cool to see these old number sets and to see how they were attached. The close up is obviously it's a fabric number that has been sewn in rather than ironed on, which is what they are now, mm. heat pressed on. And this segues beautifully into the main part of the show today. Love what we love what you did there. Love it, love it. Love I, it. It's a shame we couldn't do it earlier because you were talking about Reyes. And um, we all know the story about Reyes and you trying to pick it off. 
And yeah. this kind of plays in really nicely to what's coming next. It is, well, again, I did it. So why don't you introduce it? Love it. Yeah. So you uh, met earlier on this week uh, with the lovely, lovely Chris from Cutting Edge Shirts. Um, and he sort of set himself up, uh, I think at the beginning of lockdown, he was saying, I mean, he will tell this story, but this just as a kind of precursor um, with a printing business, I guess you could call it. Um, and, you mm -hmm. know, people would send their shirts um, to him and he would source the official name and number set and print the names or the patches onto the shirts and send them back to you. And that's a service that he's set himself up with. Um, really, really fascinating conversation that you guys had. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe we should just roll the first half and then we can come back or. Yeah, just roll, roll the tape. <laughs> bing, bing. Hello, everybody. Um, welcome to another special edition. Uh, I would call them interviews, but that's not really how we do. We just chat about football shirts. Um, I am joined here by Chris from Cutting Edge Shirts. Although I, I don't like to introduce you, I'd like you to introduce yourself. So, Chris, why don't you say, hello, I'm Chris. Hello, everyone. I'm Chris uh, from Cutting Edge Shirts, uh, the, the one-man operation that is Cutting Edge Shirts. But, yeah, it's great to be on. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Um, I can't remember when I started, or we, as a podcast, started following you. I'm pretty sure it might have just been before the Euros when you okay. started. Well, instead of me describing what you do, why don't you tell us all what you do? Okay, so um, ultimately, I, we, I say, I say we because uh, you know, the family has to be involved in this kind of thing when it's as, it's as busy as we are, but it's, it's myself mainly. Um, so we run a small shirt printing business. Uh, we're spe specialising in in printing of name sets, badges, sleeve patches, that kind of stuff. Uh, quite a lot we get asked if we sell shirts, if we can source shirts and that kind of thing. I think the plan at the start was to be sort of all-encompassing, all-action, do everything for everyone. And I think we quite kind of quite quickly realised that that probably wasn't going to be possible. So we specialise in sourcing name sets for people, patches, badges, those kind of bits, and then, and then applying them to those and getting those uh, those shirts back to people as as quickly and as safely and as efficiently as possible because, of course, you know, we recognise the fact that people's shirt collections mean mean the world to them and we obviously handle everything with care and that's, uh, in, a, in a nutshell, I think that's that's what we do. I love that. And I think I, now that I remember, what really drew me in is I think you did a few Wolves shirts, which got me excited, Okay, being a Wolves fan. And yeah, I think then every time I've kind of interacted with you via Instagram, it's always been because the name sets that you tend to do aren't always the most recognisable of players. Which, yeah. now I think about that, isn't too stupid because if you go on Sports Direct, you buy a shirt and you can buy a Harry Kane on the back really yes. easy, aren't you? But yeah, of course. You're not exactly going to be able to buy a Aaron Wan-Bissaka shirt yeah. as easily. It's so a bit then, more rare, yeah. This is where you come in, someone who's bought their shirt with no num name and number on the back and you... Do for them, and I and honestly, I absolutely love that because as much as 
you know, we we recognise we're going to, especially now, we're going to be printing plenty of Cristiano Ronaldo's and Messi's and Mbappe's and Neymar's and all of those kind of players. But it's and we do that for people, and that's great. And we we love personalising any shirt we can. But when we speak to someone like yourself, Rich, and you speak to a Wolves fan, and it's a case of actually that that Akeme shirt I did the other day, Carla Akeme, if, yeah. if I've said that right, you know, um, we've done, done all sorts, Colin Cameron, like to, to just do a, a 21 Colin Cameron from a few years ago that I've done recently, like that's brilliant because to that person it's going back to, that means a hell of a lot. Um, and I absolutely love being able to put something that's a bit sort of different and a bit sort of off the status quo onto the page. So when someone comes in with a, a bit more of an obscure request for any team, um, it's, it's brilliant. It really is. It really is good. And I'm, I'm just the same as you guys. I mean, this started from a, an absolute and hasn't stopped from an absolute football, football shirt name set obsession. Yeah. But I've just turned into a, a small business to be able to help other people. So yeah, like, like yourself, if I, if I get those random requests in player that you wouldn't, maybe if you held the shirt up on the front and said, who's going to be on the back of this and you turned it around. And as you said, it wasn't Harry Kane. It was someone a bit more obscure from the Spurs squad. I, I love all that. Yeah, completely. So you said your 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 obsession with football shirts. Um, let's start with a bit of back history. Um, well, no, before we go back history, tell us about the football shirt you're wearing today. Well, the football shirt I'm wearing today, I've put on especially for you. Um, new to, to my personal collection, but I must admit we've probably got half a dozen sat here that we need to get sorted out for customers at the moment. It's a popular one. The Ajax third shirt for this season. Nice. Absolutely love it. The, the, the black shirt with the, um, the red, the yellow and the green on the, on the collars on the sort of tri-stripe. Um, it, it's the, the sort of um, the Bob Marley colours that they've, they've done where they've, uh, I think they've, in from sort of reading a bit of background on it, is that Ajax actually worked quite closely with Bob Marley's family to ensure that they were happy with this shirt and that the three little birds on the back and that kind of stuff. And they were happy with all that and that they were doing the sort of the Marley family name proud. So I read a little bit, read a little bit about the shirt. So, but yeah, uh, anything that's black, but got sort of, you know, dashings of colors on any of the AC Milan third from the sort of mid nineties, dark black Opal sponsor. That's all in red and bright. I I love that sort of that color combo. Okay. Um, And what team do you support then? Uh, Manchester United fan. Um, for for a long time, season ticket holder at the moment, um, ups and downs as you, as you can imagine. Fantastic yesterday, but horrendous in the, in the week. But uh, yeah, Manchester United fan, and that's where my sort of love of, of football shirts began as as a child. So, do you remember what your first shirt was? Yeah, so first shirt was ninety uh, five season. Um, for, for United fans out there, a bit of remember it at the sort of sublimated stadium in the background with the, the black collar. Um, number eight, Paul Lintz on the back. I mean, I've, t- I've told the story sort of plenty of times the, or over my social media channels, but, um, you know, usual sort of thing where you, I mean, this is interesting where it comes to the, the name sets uh, stuff. Asking my mum at the time as, as a kid, asking for 14 Kanchelskis and it being four pounds per, per number and a pound a letter or 75p a letter, whatever it might have been then, asking for Ken Chelskis across the back as well as the number 14. I made that request for whichever one it was, you know, birthday or Christmas, and I ended up coming away with INTS, which is obviously four letters and, and one number, number eight. So I still hold my mum accountable to that to this day, you know. <laughs> okay. okay, I'll ask a question on this. Did then you grow to love Paul INTS more because you had him on the back of your shirt? I must admit, I never really took to him at the time. I think as a, you know, now looking back now, I mean, we can we could analyse Paul Ince's attitude and career to 
Manchester United and the connection with Liverpool and him leaving for Inter Milan and those kind of things if if you wanted to. But I, I just if I'm being totally totally blunt as a sort of uh, seven, eight-year-old kid, I imagine I probably didn't just quite appreciate the work that Paul Ince did in oh, midfield. Yeah. And it was more a case of, as a child, your eyes are caught to people like Kanchelskis who run with the ball, people like Ryan Giggs who run with the ball. And, and, and I imagine that was probably where I, I first picked up the uh, the Kanchelskis sort of um, interest when I was a kid. That's fair enough. Um, I spoke with um, Asa from Football Creatio uh, just the yeah. and being a Man City fan, I, I do hold them in a kind of similar vein, that kind of Kinchelskis and um, yeah. what's his guy, the Man City, Kinkladze. Yeah. Kind of sm- smallish players, little wizards with the ball at their feet. Yeah. I, Kla- I did a Kinkladze shirt a little while back, actually, and that was one of those ones that came up that the request came in for it. And you know, one of those ones that you think, oh, cool, now it might have been a City player, but looking back, thinking, well, yeah, so all the mid-90s feels ticked off with with the shirt, the, the brother sponsor. I think it was an Umbro shirt. Um, you know, the older name set, that sort of Felton Flock name set and that sort of stuff. The older name set that went so far across the back of the shirt, you had to start going. Yeah, that's right. Well, I've done, I've done since sort of getting set up with CES, I've done quite a few Kanchelska shirts, be it for, for different people. Um, it, it doesn't get any easier. It's, it's such, such a long name, such a long name. Depends what size of shirt as well somebody sends you on. Anything that's under a large, you're thinking, blimey, if it's not, not got a curve on it, you're going to try and squeeze it all on. I guess I'm kind of going off tangent when I ask about your history, but no, that's fine. I guess that's one of the kind of interesting things, like if you nowadays with modern shirts, the letters and numbers are relative to the size of shirt you buy, right? So if you buy an adult one, you have adult number sets and numbers. So yeah. kids would still be able to fit a long name on the back of their shirt. But yeah, I'm guessing back in like the early mid nineties, the, the names were the same size. So yeah. You- I mean, I, I- yeah, I, I would guess so. I would guess so, to be honest. I mean, I think they you know, may well have done smaller ones, um, but I'm, I'm not certain in terms of the uh, the exact sizing back then. But um, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, one of the ones that springs to mind, what you just said is, you know, Liverpool's current, current name set at the moment, they have a slightly um, adapted size for Trent Alexander-Arnold. Now, if he had Alexander or Arnold on the back, I imagine it'd be the same size as, as the Salah or as a, as a Virgil or something like that. But it's a slightly adapted size to his to his one, just because obviously it's, he's got a number sixty six as well as quite a, quite a long name. So imagine he would be, I would say, Liverpool would be making an absolute mint by having his name in sixty six on the back, all yeah. those all those numbers. That's it. It's funny how it's got it's changed and gone away from the sort of price. You know, it's just a fixed price, isn't it, for name sets now? Normally, you go into to, to teams' club shops. I'm sure some still probably charge by the size that they're doing, but more often than not, the bigger clubs you can pick the players off the rail. Just pick your size shirt, and they'll just be racks of Alexander Arnold and racks of Salah and, and, and the like, as opposed to it being. That you, you know, me as, a, as an eight-year-old kid having to have the, the disappointment of picking up a Paul Lynch shirt rather than a Kanchelskis because mum's not got the money kind of scenario. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've been able to listen back. I think one of the first episodes I said that my first shirt, I don't know if Wolves had ever did number sets back then, but my first shirt, my mum actually went and hand cut a number nine out of some felt and sewed it on and... How, how good a job did she do? Do you know, as, only as an adult can you appreciate that she tried her hardest. <laughs> um, but the problem was, is that, as I'm sure you know, the number nine wasn't 
as simple as a circle and then a straight line. It had okay. the kind of curl around the bottom. However, my mum did a circle and a straight line, so it looked wrong. And so I didn't wear that shirt for a long time. And she unpicked it and it was fine. But um, <laughs> what, year, what year would that have? Was that, would that have been a Steve Ball shirt? Yeah, it was. I can't remember what year it was. It was, again, I've talked about it on the podcast before, Nutmeg, which is one of those brands you don't ever hear of anymore. Yeah, um, that's, see, things like that are great about the 90s, aren't they? they you, if you look at sponsors on shirts and you think, well, I don't even know what that is. Or, don't, <laughs> not, that company's not trading anymore. Um, so your love of football shirts, Manchester United, was it kind of one of those, were you one of those kids that wanted all the new shirts? Did you get one every few years? When... Yeah. When did your kind of like, I don't know, like when did your passion of football shirts grow out from Manchester United? Yes, yeah, a good question. It's, it's hard to put my finger on that because I think as a as a kid, you you support your team and that's it, isn't it? It's almost like you wouldn't be seen dead in another team's shirt. Yeah. Um, I probably look back and it, you know, something that springs to mind would be early 2000s of Ronaldinho moving to Barcelona. Now, I mean, he should have moved to Manchester United that summer. If we know the backstory with that one, he should have gone there. But um, he obviously went over to Barcelona and he was just he was just incredible when he was there, wasn't he? And um, I, I was fortunate enough that we, I think we'd just got Sky Sports at home then. And I used to just try and watch, try and watch as much... Um, as much La Liga stuff at the weekend as I could just to see him. Um, so I remember picking up a, a 10 Ronaldinho shirt back then. And I think it was then I sort of started to appreciate, you know, actually I grew up watching Zidane and absolutely loving watching Zidane Zidane. So then it was a case of, oh, I've got a Ronaldinho shirt. I should probably have a Zidane shirt. And then you sort of starts to spiral and you think, well, maybe I should have a Maradona shirt and a, and a Pele shirt. And it sort of starts to, to get out of control. And before you know it, you've set up a small shirt printing business and you're on a football podcast talking shirts with another like-minded nerd. <laughs> when you say that you grew up watching Zidane, now I think about it, our only, because we didn't, I mean, we, we only had like channels one, two, three, four, and then when five came along, my only yeah. kind of knowledge of football outside of the Premier League was weekend, not even the week, sorry, before the weekend, it was like midweek Champions League games when, Teams like Manchester United played Juventus, played Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Bayern, Bayern Leverkusen. No, no, yeah, Bayern, Bayern Leverkusen or Borussia Dortmund yeah, yeah. were the first teams that I knew that weren't English because United right, okay. played them. Yeah, yeah. And that would have been the same, right? Yeah, I mean, I can remember. So I said we didn't have Sky Sports. We didn't have Sky Sports for a long time as a kid. So, you know, I'm very much of, I'm 34. So I'm very much of that generation of Gazetta Football Italia, yeah. watching the watching the sort of magazine show with James Richardson on a, on a weekend and then trying to catch whatever live game would be on. And obviously, of course, sometimes it would be one of the massive clubs and they'd be trying to get them on. But other times they'd be like a Sunday afternoon, Lecce against Regina at two o'clock. And I'd just be sitting there watching it because we didn't have Sky. And it was a case of, Manchester United or Arsenal or Chelsea, whoever could have been playing someone in the afternoon, but I wasn't going to get to see it. So this was my opportunity to watch. So that felt, you know, people have spoken about Italian football tons of times over the years, haven't they? About that sort of experience of it seeming like so, so foreign, so far away, yet being able to watch it on Channel 4 on a small square TV at home. Yeah. So that was probably my first experience of watching players abroad. Um, and then exactly like yourself, you know, ITV midweek, trying to watch those those English teams playing against, again, teams that you, you'd be learning about the players, wouldn't you? And you'd be learning about um, learning about the countries and the capital cities and all those kind of things and almost getting a, a some sort of an education that way via watching football. You're not wrong there, yeah. I think 
and I still, you know, still to this day, I think like I would think about cities and countries about what football team they have rather. Yeah, than absolutely. Kind of absolutely. People, I don't know if you get it yourself. People say now, you know, if, if you ever, if ever you can spot flags really quickly, or someone sort of quick fire questions on a capital city or something, and you maybe you, you knock one away straight off the bat, people kind of go, "Blimey, how do you know that?" And more often than not, it's because you you've seen one of the English teams, especially nowadays where every single game's on, isn't it? You know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night in all European competitions. If you are watching it and picking it up, you just naturally learn bits and bobs about places and things and you can consume everything now, can't you? But no, you're right from sort of back then. I mean, the fact that I've managed to pluck, what did I say, Regina and Lecce from absolutely nowhere. I mean, I'm not even sure if those two teams are in the in the top flight in Italy. I don't think they are, but... You, your point still stands though. It's, it's one of those kind of we were at an age where we just consumed as much football as possible, as much sport as possible. Yeah. I even remember waking up at like 6am to try and watch trans world sport just to see if they'd have any yeah, foreign yeah. football on at that point as well. Blimey, that's going back a while. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess. Trans world sport used to tend to tend to have little bits of sort of snippets of random South American clips on there that you just, again, just felt, those packed stadiums with the incredible fan culture that they have over there and the sort of fencing around the outside of the ground it just Maybe seemed an absolute boring. world apart. Yeah, completely. Even so much so that there'd be a racing, a running track around. Yeah. That was always, that always made everything look so foreign. A running track, yeah. you know, especially European games, all these European clubs having running tracks around it. And then compare yeah. that to England where everything's so tight and in on itself. Well, in the, in England and in the Premier League and what would have been the old Division 1, depending on your age and that kind of stuff, you, you didn't see players score, rip their shirt off over the railings and run across a, a running track and, and dive into the, the ultras behind the goal, did you? You didn't see that kind of stuff. You might have seen you might have seen a, a player in the mid-90s, number nine, head the ball into the net, shake hands with his strike partner and jog back to the middle. And it, when, that, when that kind of stuff seems a world apart, it's, uh, as a kid, you're sort of wide-eyed with, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. So I kind of jump forward a bit. Um, you have obviously started cutting edge shirts. I really quickly just want to ask what, what kind of happened for you to go from loving, because it's quite a big jump. What went from you loving football shirts and name sets to go, you know what, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Well, I think like a lot of people that, the first lockdown, now the first lockdown wasn't so bad, was it? Because the weather was nice so we could get out a little bit and it's a bit of a novelty. People were off work. And I wasn't personally, but people were off. And But the online shopping took off for, for football shirts. And I must admit, I kind of thought, God, am I the only person spending a fortune here being buying shirts and padding my collection out? And sort of realised a good few months in that I wasn't. And a lot of people had started big collections in lockdown who now, 18 months, two years later, have got hundreds of shirts to their name and, and Instagram accounts and Twitter accounts and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So my shirt collection um, started being padded out a little bit that way. And that's where you asked about sort of me loving other teams. And it, it then got a little bit out of control to a degree. It was almost a case, well, I want a, a team from a, a shirt from this team or a shirt from this player, et cetera. And as I said, always always had a love of of name sets and having the shirts look to me exactly like they would be look, would look on the players. So making sure if I looked at a Manchester United shirt from a certain year that I would think I think of this player or I have a good memory of this player, so I would like to get that printed. So I was sending lots of shirts away to be printed and getting them done and that kind of stuff. Um, and the idea sort of just came about last year. Um, I was actually on a, on a weekend away with my partner and ended up spending most of the time boring her with ideas that I had for 
setting up a small name set business, walking around with a pen and paper and thinking of things and saying, oh, I think I'll do this and I think I'll do this and I'll go with this on Instagram and this. And she was humoured me to a degree and gave me uh, gave me a fair degree of support. And, and here we are sort of a year later where it's it was a case of, you know, I'll purchase a heat press and make a small investment and some of the accessories and ancillary equipment that has to go with that, see where I get to. Um, so, you know, whether it's just shirts for friends or extended friends and that kind of stuff, see how we get on. And here I am a, a year later, and it's um, it really has spiraled. I kind of I do love that. I just no matter what business it is, I love somebody who just has an idea and then runs with it and goes through with it because yeah, that's yeah. not anything I've ever managed to do. So I'm always quite both jealous and proud of people that manage to do it because or everyone's always going to want because there's so many shirts that don't have any name sets on the back. People might change their mind and go, Oh, I want this. And you'll always be there. Yeah. yeah and I, and, and yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you for saying that. I know you're right. And I don't consider myself to be, um, you know, the next Alan sugar or anybody appearing on, on dragon's den or anything like that. And anything crazy uh, like, like in that regard, but I do consider myself to be a small business owner who has to make the, the decisions and the gambles. And do, do you invest in things? Do you buy in stock? You know, that take those kind of small risks you do sort of sometimes lay there at night trying to get to sleep but you've got an idea you've got an idea for a post or an idea of how you're going to work work something through and um so it can can be consuming but um but i enjoy it it's it's, it's good it's good fun um i'm glad i've done it i must admit I've, i mean I've, i always put on my posts and things when i do sort of a, a monthly catch-up or a a 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 followers, those kind of things. I, it might just seem as if you, I'm sort of putting in there that it's a bit of lip service to say that it's humbling how many messages I get and how, how well it's going. It really isn't. It's it's fantastic. And you said about sort of being proud of people and things. And it's you get you get those kind of messages from people who just every now and again, someone will say, not looking to buy anything, just really wanted to say, I love your page. And, you know, I, I read it on the, on the train on the way into work in the morning. I really, really like that. And that, that person doesn't have to spend any money. It's, it's a case of just getting the appreciation and making somebody's day with the shirts and things. It's really great. That's wicked. I love that. Um, so I'm going to kind of like talk about you, the business and what you do a bit more. Um, what... <sighs> I'm trying, I, know, I know the answer is going to be complicated and maybe not so easy to answer, but I'll ask it anyway. You obviously, I'm going to ask about the process of sourcing and research later, but has there been a favorite one or a favorite few that you've done? It can be a, a double-edged question. In the fact, is there a favorite number yeah. set that you've got? And has there yeah. been a favorite shirt that you've worked on? I think with those two particular questions, a favourite number set. I, some of the some of the name sets that are out there now are, are fantastic, and there's lots of different different styles and different colours. And one of the interesting things, was, especially with some of the recent name sets from uh, Juventus and PSG, is it can look a certain way when it's on the backing, um, and sometimes it could. I think they maybe do this for sort of um, for replicas and things like that. It can look a certain way on the backing once it's once it's pressed and peeled there'll be a lovely little bit of detail in there or a tiny bit of sort of tri-colour or a changing colour, depending on how it catches the light and things. And those, those things are great because you almost don't, don't see that coming. You almost can't, can't see that until it's been printed. Um, I know I've say, I say it all the time, I'm massive on the 90s nostalgia. So just seeing those older Premier League name sets, and especially when they go on to maybe just the season before 
the conforming sort of Premier League name set where every team had to have the, the same style. It's interesting to see which team, you know, which which team had had what. If they may, maybe they were made by Lotto or Umbro or whatever, and it might have been and had a slightly different logo in. Um, so I do like I, I do like the uh, the nineties nineties Premier League ones, even the uniform ones when they changed over to the extra sort of standard style that we know. Um, in terms of a favourite shirt. It's difficult. It's probably a bit sort of cliche if anyone looks at the posts on the page, but it's difficult to get away from the Jan Venegor of Hesselink um, shirt just because it was one of those where people were saying to me when I'd got started, oh, you know, you almost you almost won't, won't even be a proper printer until you've done a Venegor of Hesselink kind of thing. And I couldn't believe how early on in, in CES that actually had that, took that request. Massive great name set, um, double number sleeve patches it was a real labor of love to get to get the shirt done but it look, looked fantastic for the for the customer um and you were asking about the sort of difference in size that was an adult number 29 with kids uh, print around the outside i did a sort of fair bit of research on on the style how we how he wore that um the customer loved it loads of people seemed to like like the post on social media which was great and with a player like that now and again i'll, I'll you know, tag them in it i'll forward it onto them uh, onto onto instagram and just sort of drop them a little message and say like oh yeah and i printed this shirt for a customer uh, he actually got back in touch with that one message back and said look chris that looks great um you know that brings back some really really good memories of my time at hull so uh, you know you get those, those kind of bits of bob so i reckon the, the vinegar hessling's probably got to be up there i don't blame you um, you've actually just kind of brought something back, something you said about the kind of early Premier League name sets. Um, I went to London to do the kind of football shirts, classic football shirt exhibition. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that I really did notice on this kind of like classic Premier League players section was how much I really enjoyed the Leeds United ones. Now, I, for the love of me, I can't actually remember who made the shirt. Maybe it was... Asics, it had your boa on the yeah. back, and yeah, 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 it would have been, yeah, would have been Asics. It was that one with the collar was a bit like round neck, kind of like okay, like anyway. And I just looked at it, and I was like staring at it for a long time, and I thought this looks so crisp and so yeah tidy, and compared to some of the others where because it was like different, you was using a different material, so that one looked a bit more fluffier, and it looked a little less yeah like tight whereas this your boa one just looked oh incredible yeah i think i think i know the style you mean i did a boa one a while back with the fairly plain blue name set with a 21 i think you would have been woody and the asics logo in the in the bottom yes. in the bottom of the numbers uh, as well as i'm fairly certain with the one the asics logo actually ran sort of like um horizontal excuse me vertical right up the uh, right up the number one uh, so yeah nice nice interesting sort of style i think it was very similar with added um excuse me of aston villa with the asic style as well back in the early 90s and you you raise i think it was actually something i only ever noticed when you were doing england shirts during the euros and my love for the england shirts were quite down when they first started and i think yeah. Especially with the white shirts, the no, the numbers on the back really bring that shirt to life. The red yeah. makes the shirt so much better. And then, thanks to you posting the little details, and you talk about having like the England uh, the yeah. assets all the night. This had the England badge, and I didn't realise it until you posted a close up that it actually it, it's cut out. It's not like yes. different coloured print. It's, and I think that, is, as you said, is lovely detailing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a strange one because I sort of with 
without it sounding cheesy, from doing doing the CES, you go to you grow to sort of love and have an appreciation for all different types of shirts and name sets and things. And genuinely, nothing comes in that I think, oh, that's a bit horrible. It's normally a case of, um, well, that means something to that person. But regarding the England shirts, I think. I'd heard people say at the start of the tournament they weren't really a fan of the Central Crest and that kind of stuff, even though some of the more popular ones down the years had the Central Crest, sort of World Cup 98. And during the Euros, I printed, I printed uh, so many England shirts, both home and away, as well, as well as retro and old ones as well. And I think maybe that shirt is a classic example of actually maybe you look at it, take it in isolation two months before a tournament think, do I like that shirt? Yes or no? Maybe not. Some people absolutely loved it, that they, it was a vapor version of the, of the Nike shirt and it wasn't just the fan version. And when you see those two side by side, there are real differences in what the players wear versus the fan. Yeah. But I think that's a, it's a big example of loving the, the team and the players that wore it. And the, the lads did so well over the Euros. They were such a likable group that did really well on and off the pitch. I think that made that shirt... Um, I made that shirt what it is over over the summer, and you know, in terms of the names are printed. Again, start of the tournament, I didn't have any requests for Luke Shaw. By the end of the tournament, I'd done dozens of Luke Shaws, so as well as you know, the usual sort of Harry Kane and Sterling and people like that. And people were desperate to find out the squad numbers at the start and things. But yeah, yeah, that's that's so true. Um, I would put myself. I don't know actually what camp I would be in. I have messages with my friend who I spoke to and I remember saying straight away, I wasn't a fan of how plain it was, but then when the players yeah. wore it for the first time, this was in qualifiers and friendlies. I say, like, as soon as that red number set came up, I was in, Yeah, I thought that because the red number set as well is just makes it look a bit more retro, like late, late nineties kind of well, not yeah. early nineties almost really. Yeah, it's sort of got a couple of strange flicks to it on the on the bottom and the top that sort of make it stand out and be and be a little bit different. The, the names themselves are just 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 a solid red. Um, but uh, yeah, I think a lot of the time they release shirts now because they want them to be or they they market them as being worn plain by fans with a set of jeans and a jacket. And it's a case of it's a more of a sort of they're going for more of a sort of tr- a street trendy kind of look as opposed to an absolute shirt enthusiast look. Yeah. But I think that's where adding a name and number to the back, having that small number on the front with maybe with the match detailing over the top and the sleeve patches that makes it look exactly like a, a player's worn that shirt. That, that, that ticks a lot of boxes for people and gets a lot of people interested. It does. And I have come out on the podcast before and said that I wasn't a fan of number sets on the back yeah. for, for, for people wearing it. But you, I did then kind of not correct myself, but say almost like you did in the fact that if I was to have shirts that don't have numbers on the back, I would wear them with a pair of jeans. But if I had a number on the yeah. back, they're a bit more collectible. They're a bit more yeah. wear them playing football, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I, I can understand I can understand both sides. You know, even before, we've touched on this already, but even before me setting the business up, I was massively into name sets and looking at shirts and thinking which player it reminded me of. But I understand that some people don't want that and some people just want their shirts to be totally plain and to be hung up in a collection and that, that's absolutely yeah. fine. It's, it's very much with with shirt um, shirt collecting in general, it really is a, an each to their own type, type scenario and some people only collect certain teams, some people collect certain players, some people aren't interested in sleeve patches, some people like having the lot and I think beauty's in the eye of the beholder and it really is a, a case of what works for you. There we go. I mean, whew, 
Woof. Richard, well done you for finding a great place to cut that out. Um, I personally, I'm going to say really quickly, when obviously regardless of when we recorded it, I was listening back to it and I did find myself thinking, I've got to cut it soon. And then next time I managed to look at the clock, I listened to three quarters of it. It was such a kind of a nice, easygoing chat mm. that every time I've listened to it, it even did it. it. The time just flew by. I got that sense when I listened to it as well. Um, really, really like easy to listen to. Um, almost just kind of got lost in it. Um, I've thought it was brilliant. I thought it was really, really, really brilliant. Well, that's just part one. So yeah. lots more to come. I there's obviously a lot of those kind of little bits that we touched upon that do really ring true for me, for us, for what we talk about on the show. And it's funny that the last little bit that I cut off on was how he was saying about how shirts now are designed to be worn with a pair of jeans and you throw a number on the back and it, and it becomes more of a, a plain shirt or a, a memento, which yep. is something that I always do come back to because of how much of a hypocrite I am when it comes to football shirts. I mean, you know, what is, that's what that's what we do, really, isn't it? You know, that's that's yeah. what we that's what we are. But but I think it, yeah, I thought I thought it was really interesting, and, and I love the bit where he was talking about some of the more like unusual. Um, unusual names that he'd that he'd had printed and, and before he even wrote that down i wrote down i wrote down one name um yeah. that i thought was going to come up or that i was you know wanted really was hoping was going to come up and i wrote it down and sure enough about five minutes later it did come up you know what i'm talking about right i do yeah and what i'll do is i'll screen print i'll screen grab or ask him to send over some of the pictures of some of the shirts he's done so when we post this out on our Twitter and Instagram, you'll be able to see some of the images and especially the one that we're, you know, Jan Venegord of Hesselink. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I remember because he played, I think, for, did he play for Rangers or Celtic? I can't remember. Celtic. He played for one of them, he played for Celtic. And I remember think I see him once playing in like a Champions League game and thinking like, bloody hell, like, who's this guy? And I remember me and my dad like having a bit of a like, never seen anything like it before on a shirt or even heard of a name like that and then obviously it was just i just i was so happy when that got when that got brought up because i was just i wrote it down really hoping that 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 was going to happen and then sure enough it did for on kind of on that note and uh, i'm skipping ahead to kind of the next part of the interview is and it's only because this is recent relevant news he said that you know he gets these odd um, orders for certain names that you'll never see again, right? So um, there was, I think, in his Instagram posts, he's done an Alex Tellez who yeah. plays for Manchester United, and he's like, no one, will, I won't get anyone asked for one ever again. And I was like, that's fair enough. And then guess who popped up to score for Manchester United last night in the there Champions League? Little Maybe Tellez. He might get a few more now. He might get a few more now, yeah. Um. Yeah, so, I don't know, again, like, a guy who, similar age, who shares a lot of, and it's a bit like, you know, with the interview with, or chat with Asa, like, same age guys, guys that just love football, and a, a nostalgia that grew into a business. Yeah, yeah, and I I kind of, you know, you, you were saying 
um yeah i just i mean you were talking about kind of like nostalgia and talking about you know the pair of you you know talking about sort of waking up on saturday morning and watching you know trans world sport or uh, what the, the name that is the the italian, the italian one called again gazetta football gazetta yeah 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 you know and it just it's the it's what we all lived through um you know you're talking about like the running tracks around the stadium and things being like very exotic and like really wanting them like you know shirts from from these sort of obscure teams and now only growing up and sort of knowing a bit more about football and uh and being able to source you know like a random shirt you know now it's just like yeah it was, i thought the conversation was really great it like it flowed so nicely did you ever kind of i'm going off topic but kind of staying on with this topic do you remember like uh, match of the day was always on too late for me growing up but they always mm. used to repeat it really super early on a Sunday morning. So my match of the day football fix was like early, super early on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Was that the same with you? Uh, were you allowed to stay up that late? That's a good question. Yeah, I think I was maybe allowed to stay up to watch the Arsenal because Arsenal would usually be on quite early in mm. the, the programme. Yeah, so yeah, I would yeah. normally stay up. To, I would normally watch the Arsenal and then go to sleep. Yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, any other little notes you've got? Um, I, well, I, I had almost like a kind of talking point off the back of it um, that I was thinking about. Well, two things, actually. Firstly, and I was wondering this, and I think I actually tweeted Arsenal back during like, the first lockdown when they then bought football back. And, you know, they all wore the sort of NHS badges and the no mm-hmm. room races and badges. And I think that football teams really missed a trick by not putting those on sale and, you know, having a, a, a charitable contribution to a like Black Lives Matter charity and stuff. Absolutely. Um, and I was, I mean, I was really wondering, I mean, from Chris, I guess, like, does he, like, does he sell those patches? Cause I mean, I would, I would send him some of my Arsenal shirts to get the, like the Black Lives Matter print on it. I think that would be really like, I think that'd be pretty cool. That's a good question. I could scroll scroll through his uh, Instagram account, but you know what? Yeah, hopefully he's going to listen to it. So Chris, hit us up. Question. Mark wants to know. I know that um, Wolves in particular did sell for charity. I think they went on eBay and sold their uh, a lot of their Wolves Black Lives Matter shirts. You know, oh, cool. when originally it was the name set, there was no name, but there's Black Lives Matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wolves yeah. went and sold uh, a charity, you know, auctioned off all of their well, majority of their shirts but yeah you're right i would um happily have paid three or four quid extra for a couple of that you know for most of that money to go to the nhs or yeah. to black lives matter charities yeah good point yeah and i think the the other kind of thing that really struck me and obviously i don't don't want to give away anything in the second the second part but i don't think this this will but just that it's a really interesting, I mean, obviously we're here because, you know, we love football and we love talking about football shirts and, you know, we have people who listen to this podcast who are, who are the same, but what Chris is doing is it's a love for what we all love, but it goes, it just runs like a tiny bit deeper. It's like more of a niche. And I think that's like, that's really, really interesting. Like, the love for football shirts is there, but it's the love, again, I guess it's the love for like the kind of finer details and 
you know, clubs having their own prints now for the cups and, you know, the evolution of what the, you know, what the prints used to be like in the nineties and the two thousands and stuff. And I just, it, yeah, I just thought it was like, it made you think that, you know, there's more, there's more to sort of football shirts than just football shirts, if that makes sense. It makes a hundred percent sense, which is why we do a podcast about it. eh? Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, right. Well, do you know what? I feel like we're running out of time. We have a short window um, because we're all very busy, but we wanted to get something out to you. This is part one of the interview. Tune in. Uh, okay, I say I can't say next week. I don't really know. It's all ad hoc. It'll um, come. It'll, it'll, it'll come soon enough. I'm sure it will. <laughs> um, Mark, where can people find us? Where can they send us a message? Well, for us, yeah, you can message us on Twitter and we're at ShirtsPod or on Instagram, also at ShirtsPod. And our emails are open and it's wonderfulfootballshirts at gmail.com. Slight hesitation in the middle yeah, of that. I know, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Fuck, did I get this wrong again? I need to, I, I, I know it now. I know it. I know that I know it, but I, I need to back myself. But yeah, there was been, just like a millisecond yeah. of hesitation. I, I noticed it. Um, I believe this is episode 31. There you go. So we're doing quite well. Next week will be 32. Well. we'll soon think about it. How many weeks are in a year? 52. Yeah. So, I mean, that's usually, it's really far away. I thought, what, are we getting close to a year? No. But <laughs> that was in March, actually, I think. We're really far away from a we year. We've done half the year, right? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I hope you're all enjoying it. <laughs> if you're not. Yeah. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. Okay, Mark, um, it's been a pleasure. I'm going to yep. catch up with you later and we'll have uh, another episode coming soon. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Chris, for uh, spending time chatting with me. Uh, we hope we've, we've done a good job and uh, tune in next week for part two. Absolutely. See ya. Bye-bye.